Lesson 53. So moving right along with our review, we're doing our best. We're taking about two minutes per lesson. As per lesson 52 or 53, we're taking about two minutes with lesson 11, lesson 12, lesson 13, lesson 14, lesson 15. We don't need to go back and review them at the beginning of the, the actual um, workbook. The, just, just doing the lessons within the review period is more than enough. And sometimes I get really caught up inside my, I get, my ego takes hold of me and I, and I sort of try to, I, I tell myself that I need to like memorize every word to every lesson in order to be worthy. No, that's just the ego. That's just the ego playing its tricks, playing the tricks that the, the ego plays. If you recall yesterday, I read that that really gnarly section about um, the ego and the ego's use of time and how the ego is an ally of time but not a friend. And it tries to use time in this really gnarly way to serve its own purposes and promises you <laughs> immortality in hell. That's what the, the ego's up to that all over the place. We don't want to make the ego wrong. The ego is necessary for our survival. There's just a lot of survival stuff. There's lots, it's very reptilian and that's okay. We as the enlightened ones or the, those who are on our way to being enlightened, I think the Buddha said that once you've heard of enlightenment, it's your destiny. So if you heard of enlightenment, it is your destiny. And Course in Miracles is certainly an avenue to get you closer. So lesson 53, today we will review the following, lesson 11. My meaningless thoughts are showing me a meaningless world. Since the thoughts of which I am aware do not mean anything, the world that pictures them can have no meaning. What is producing the world is insane, and so is what it produces. Reality is not insane, and I have real thoughts as well as insane ones. I can therefore see a real world if I look, if I look to my real thoughts as my guide for seeing. I can therefore see a real world if I look to my real thoughts as my guide for seeing. Right? So my meaning of the thoughts are showing me a meaningless world. That's actually a real thought. Like basically this is all crazy and that's all crazy and we're all crazy and it's not real. So there's got to be a better way. There's the thinking of God. Lesson 12, I'm upset because I see a meaningless world. Insane thoughts are upsetting. They produce a world in which there is no order anywhere. Only chaos rules a world that represents chaotic thinking and chaos has no laws. I cannot live in peace in such a world. I am grateful that this world is not real and that I need to see it. I am, I am grateful that this world is not real and that I need not see it at all unless I choose to value it. And I do not choose to value what is totally insane and has no meaning. Right? So I'm upset because I see a meaningless world. So if you recall the, the initial lesson, lesson 12, there's, there's this process where you say, I think I see an angry world. I think I see a violent world. I think I see a world of um, war and starving and, and famine and etc. But what I'm actually seeing is a meaningless world because all that stuff is void of love 
and and the love is the only thing. And so if I'm not seeing love, it's meaningless. Again, we don't want to be spiritually bypassing here. But what really upsets you is a meaningless world. So if you look out the window and you see somebody commit an act of violence, that's not, because it's not love, it's not real. And it's not to suggest that something isn't happening in the world. Um, check out Ken Wapnick's videos on YouTube. They are amazing. He further sort of demystifies it, he, as does Miriam Williamson. Again, so lesson 13, a meaningless world engenders fear. So if I look out in the world and I see all that meaningless happening, that violence and that chaos and that death and that misery, that's going to scare you. A meaningless world does, in fact, engender fear. So the totally insane engenders fear because it is completely undependable and offers no grounds for trust. Nothing in madness is dependable. It holds out no safety and no hope, but such a world is not real. I have given it the illusion of reality and have suffered for my belief in it. Now I choose to withdraw this belief and place my trust in reality. In choosing this, I will escape all the effects of the world of fear because I am acknowledging that it does not exist. So you're basically just choosing to withdraw your belief in all of this madness and place your trust in reality. So God, I'm looking out and I'm just seeing people treating each other so poorly and I'm seeing all these homeless people and I'm, I'm seeing it's making me doubt you even and, and how could you be a loving God, if I see all this mayhem happening, well, that's just madness. And nothing in madness is dependable. So it holds out no safety and no hope. But it's actually not real. So it's, it's Doug Henning. It's an illusion, right? Um, but it is. And so there's freedom in the discovery thereof. And again, as we are cruising around and we're being the little miracle workers that we are, we're miracle workers on a mission from God, and we're forgiving instead of condemning, and we're seeking to understand instead of to, of, of to punish. We're seeking to understand rather than to punish or to get revenge or whatever. Um, we are creating a ripple effect in the universe, and the universe then is far likely to treat us accordingly because we are making a conscious effort. It's very karmic in nature. When you make a karmic, when you make a, a when you have a willingness to move beyond the temptations of the ego to curse and to condemn and to swear and to judge and all of these different things, swear at people and, and judge people, when you make a conscious effort to move beyond that, the universe will, in fact, treat you accordingly. We have no neutral thoughts. So, moves on to lesson 14. God did not create a meaningless world. So this, all this meaningless drives me crazy or makes me afraid. A meaningless world engenders fear. But lesson 14, dot, dot, God did not create a meaningless world. Have you ever noticed that God is dog spelled backwards? How can a meaningless world exist if God did not create it? He is the source of all meaning. And everything that is real is in his mind. It is in my mind too because he created it with me. Why should I continue to suffer from the effects of my own insane thoughts when the perfection of creation is my home? Let me remember the power of my decision and recognize where I really abide. So 
kind of comes back to that example I gave a couple days ago. Jesus is nailed to the cross. He's been flogged and humiliated and tortured and then nailed to this cross. And he says, will you join me in, in paradise to the thieves on either side? Right? So why should I continue to suffer from the effects of my own insane thoughts when the perfection of creation is my home? Be with me in paradise. This is just my interpretation. You are entitled to your own. That's sort of what populated my consciousness as I was reading it, so I'm sharing it. Lesson 15, my thoughts are images I have made. Whatever I see reflects my thoughts. It is my thoughts that tell me where I am and what I am. The fact that I see a world in which there is suffering and loss and death shows me that I am seeing only the representation of my insane thoughts and am not allowing my real thoughts to cast their beneficent light on what I see. Yet God's way is sure. The images I have made cannot prevail against him because it is not my will that they do so. My will is his and I will place no other gods before him. So um, we can turn our, I've been think, thinking and contemplating like the concept of idol, like what an idol is. And an idol is basically anything that we place before God. And the first commandment is, I am the Lord your God. Thou shall have no other gods before me. And, you know, if you watch the movie that, that I think it's Charlton Heston, right? Charlton Heston, the Ten Commandments movie. You know, he goes up to the top of the mountain. Moses goes up to the top of the mountain and he's getting the Ten Commandments etched in stone by God and everyone gets sick of waiting for him. Like, hurry up, Moses. So they go and they, I think they like melt down their jewelry or something and they build this idol and they start worshiping the idol. And Moses shows up and he's just like, what are you doing? You know, and I think, he, doesn't he throw the tablets at them and the tablets get broken with the Ten Commandments on them? Etched in stone by God at the top of Mount Sinai, right? But... But what they did is they decided to place other thoughts before uh, they placed, they created a God and they placed that before the real God and in, in a quest, in their quest to find the promised land. I really don't know the Bible stories too well, honestly, but I do know what, I do know what an idol is. So idol is, it, it, it actually hit me on a deeper level the other morning I was meditating and it's like an idol could be a lover, an idol could be a drug, an idol could be alcohol and idol could be anything that we are giving our attention to that is not God. Anything that we are giving our attention to that is not loving. So if, if I'm obsessed with what the other political party is, is doing, um, if I'm obsessed with some of these movements and how wrong they are, and I'm, and I'm focusing all of my attention on them, to an extent that I'm forgetting that God is there to help me with this, to help me find peace in this so that perhaps I can enact real change, I'm turning that into an idol. I'm putting something else before God. So that's just, you know, one way of thinking about these things. I certainly encourage you all to think about, to come to your own sort of conclusions or to create your own philosophy or to have your own, um, what's the word, interpretations of, of this stuff. And again, appreciate every single one of you. Thank you for listening. The download numbers, again, they keep going up and up and up. There were like 150 on Saturday, I believe, last Saturday. So thank you so much. Um, it's such an honor to serve you all. Email me um, at the Course in Miracles podcast at gmail.com and let me know your thoughts. Find me on Facebook, wherever. Have a blessed day. Bye-bye.